0: In the book of Ecclesiastes, we read that um, for everything there is a season, uh, for, for every matter under heaven. It says there's a, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, um, that there's a time to, uh, to laugh and, and that there's a time to weep. Uh, there's a time to, to speak and there's a, a time to remain silent, a time to embrace and a, and a time to refrain from embracing. Um, a time to mourn and a time to dance. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And you know we wonder about that. We wonder about what's on the other side of this place. And that's something that people have always wondered. Um, anthropologists will tell you that, that every culture that has ever been has had some sense, there's evidence, some sense of the eternal uh, this, this conviction that, that even after we die, even after we've been put into the dirt, um, that there's still some life uh, to be lived. Uh, I read that uh, Australian Aborigines, uh, they believe that after death you go to, to some distant island off in the west on the horizon. Interestingly enough, the Finnish people, at least early on, they had this belief, kind of the same thing, that after you die, you go to a, a distant island uh, that's in the east, just the opposite. Um, in Mexico and Peru and, and even Polynesia, this, this idea that you die and, and you go to the sun or, or to the moon. Uh, Native Americans, uh, ancient uh, Babylonians and, and Egyptians, uh, in, in, the, in the pyramids, uh, beside these embalmed uh, uh, bodies, they would, they would find maps left there so, so that the person in the afterlife uh, could, could find their way into the future. The Romans believed that the righteous would go to the Elysian fields uh, and that their horses would be grazing uh, nearby. And as Christians, uh, we have convictions about this too. Our belief that God is eternal, uh, God was and is and, and is to come, at at most funeral services or memorial services that I officiate I I almost always read the text from from Isaiah where Isaiah proclaims boldly that our God is the everlasting God uh, who never grows faint or or weary. Um, So we talk a lot about heaven and and I think we, we talk about it and it, it seems familiar to us, like it's just this familiar ground that we're walking. And, and yet I'm not sure that we really know what to expect. Uh, there's still a lot of wonder, there, there's still a lot of curiosity. The, the Bible doesn't actually help us with a, with a whole lot of details. Um, may, maybe they tell us uh, just enough. Um, uh, Jesus, he was, he was near death and He knew it. It was the day uh, before He was crucified. Um, He's talking to His disciples, and He's telling them that stuff, you know. Um, it's going to get bad here, uh, and I'm going to die. And they're struggling with that, and so He's trying to comfort them, and, and he's, he's telling them, I'm leaving you. And, and I think that's, in part, uh, what they were having trouble with, that Jesus was leaving. But He says, I'm going to this place, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and, you know, that's that's what happened. Um, The story of the Ascension, uh, Jesus is literally lifted into the heavens and and into the sky. And it's like they, I don't know, when you try to imagine that, you can see the bottom of Jesus' feet. Like He's just literally, physically gone. And He had told them that He was going to prepare a place for them. So, He'd come back for us and so that we could be where He is. the New Revised Standard Version says, Jesus says, um, in, in God's house there are many dwelling places. The King James Version says uh, there are many mansions uh, in, in God's house, uh, many mansions in, in heaven. Um, and so we wonder, what's heaven going to be like? Uh, years ago when we, when we started the, uh, the new United Methodist Church uh, in the Winston-Salem area, we were in a warehouse and, and we were actually starting this church. Um, to reach unchurched people so, so uh, We kind of jokingly called it the rock and roll church. We were in a warehouse And so one of the events that we wanted to have to invite our friends to um, was a Christian rock concert and and uh, we found this uh, Band from the from the region who, who came and, and they were really good and I remember I don't remember what their name was the the name of the band, but I remember the guy He was a big guy and had a big old beard and, and I remember after the concert was over uh, we were cleaning stuff up, and uh, he wanted my opinion he says he says um there's another band that that really wants the rights to the name of our band right now. Uh, I think they were both using it and, and this other band was like maybe a few steps ahead and they were they were becoming you know more popular um, and so this band uh, and and this guy, this lead singer, they were trying to come up with a a, a a new name for their band and he he was like what do you what do you think of this name he says um we, we think we want to be called Big Mama Pearl, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well that, that's an that's an interesting name. But then he then he began to explain. He says, you know, at the end of all things, in the book of Revelation, when uh, John is on the island of Patmos and he's having this vision, and he he looks and he sees, uh, God shows him uh, a new Jerusalem, the holy city, coming down. Uh, from the heavens uh, onto the earth and it's, it's made of, of pure gold and, and there's all this crystal and all these jewels and all this beautiful stuff. The, when you read in, in Revelation chapter 21 it says that the city the city walls that go around are 75 feet high and it's a square and they're 1,500 miles long on, on each side and everything is made out of these jewels and, and all, all of this, this beautiful stuff and so he said Um, on these walls, there are three gates on on each side. And so you can imagine how how big these gates are. And he says in Revelation 21, 21, it says, the 12 gates are 12 pearls. Each of the gates is a single pearl and the street of the city is pure gold, transparent as glass. And he's like, that's one big mother pearl. (laughs) And so they're gonna be big mama pearl. I've always liked that, the stuff that we value on this earth, like that's the stuff that God uses to pave the streets in heaven. It makes me think about today. You know, today is All Saints Day. Uh, this is the day that uh, we remember all of those uh, members of our church, uh, but, but all of us listening, um, regardless of what church we belong to or uh, where we live, all Saints' Day is a day to to remember um, those people in our lives who have died in, in this past year. And as I've thought about that, and as I've thought about us, like this has just been a, a, a really really hard year to die. Uh, I feel tears coming to my eyes right now as I think about some of you who were separated from your loved ones because of COVID-19, uh, people who had to die pretty much alone, um, and and. Uh, we have to grieve alone sometimes with that. Anyway, um, it, it's been a really challenging time. And as we think about our service today and, and our, our text from the book of Revelation, it's a story that actually brings us some hope. Our scripture for today is one that's recommended in the lectionary for All Saints Day. Uh, the book of Revelation is apocalyptic literature, which simply means that it focuses on the end of days or the end times. Uh, often it will talk about the, the suffering uh, and the violence on one, one end of it uh, and, and the salvation on, on the other. Uh, the language and the imagery can, can be fantastic and colorful, um, but sometimes it can also be violent and, and frightening. It's important to remember in apocalyptic literature uh, and, and for us, especially the book of Revelation, um, that is not meant to, to frighten. Uh, it's meant to bring hope. Uh, that through the suffering and on the other side of it, there's great joy and there's lots of singing. Uh, it's written by John, I most believe. Um, he names himself the Apostle of Jesus. Uh, he is um, in exile on the island of Patmos. Uh, the, the Romans were persecuting Christians in, in his day. And, and he says in chapter 1, um, uh, I, I was uh, in the Spirit on the Lord's day and then he has this vision and, and he begins to, uh, to, to take us through this, this journey and in our text there is this enormous crowd of people this great multitude they're from, from every nation every race every language uh, they're everybody and it says in verse 14 that, that they're the ones uh, who have come through the great ordeal Probably in, in reference to um, the Roman Empire and, and the bloody persecution that, that they exacted against Christian people. Um, and now here they are, this group. Uh, they know Jesus. Uh, and they sing. That's what saints do. So Marvin Ellison is, a, is an Old Testament scholar. And he, he kind of um, gets at this question of, of who these saints are and, and kind of how they come to be there. Is it because they have uh, strictly followed the, the rules and the doctrines and the, and the ordinances of their faith? Or is it because they've taken responsibility for the world? That in following Jesus, they had this, this deep sense and awareness that, that to be a disciple is to be concerned with justice and, and peace. That the stuff on this earth matters I read a story about a rabbi in in a small village in Russia and this rabbi would would disappear every Friday morning for hours his his disciples would would boast and would tell people yes our rabbi every Friday morning goes to heaven and talks with God well this this stranger comes to town and he was a bit skeptical so he decided to to hide one Friday morning and and see for himself. Well, the rabbi got up and had his prayers, and then he noticed he he dressed like a peasant and picked up his ax and went off into the forest and uh, chopped wood, chopped a whole bunch of wood. And there was this widow who lived on on the outskirts of the village. Uh, She lived there with her son who was very sick. And he took all this wood And and gave it to this widow and her sick son and and left it there um, and then went back home. Well, this this newcomer uh, became a disciple of this rabbi. And now, whenever uh, he hears a, a villager proclaiming, every Friday morning, our rabbi ascends to heaven, he quietly adds, if not higher. You know, Jesus talked a lot about the Kingdom of Heaven or the Kingdom of God. In some of his first sermons he says the Kingdom of God is at hand, that, it, that it's right now. There's a there's a monk who lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico, his name is Richard Rohr and he sends out uh, daily uh, devotional writings and um, not too many days ago uh, he wrote, um, if the Kingdom of God is to come then I've got to let my kingdoms go." There's a lot of truth to that. And I think on this special day, as we're remembering our saints, that's one of the things that marks them. You know, all of them left their mark on this world. They they certainly left their their mark uh, in in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, I I think about this list, a a really long list of those who are members at at First Methodist, the person in your heart might not be on this list. We're gonna call them by name and, and light candles for each one. Um, we'll do that for our loved ones too. I, I know I can, I can go just down the road here and, and, and pull into this, this new Habitat for Humanity community and it's, and it's called Walton Woods. That's the name of the subdivision, um, named after Walton Garrett for all that he did to make that a reality. I can go into our, our youth chapel Um, at the church and and there's this plaque um, with uh, this bronze plaque with Mary Hale on the front of it and we can look at that that plaque and remember uh, the life of this beloved saint and all of the lives that have been impacted uh, by hers. Uh, I'll never go to Joey's Pancake House again without remembering uh, Carol Bryson and and the joy that that he brought into my life Um, and, and on and on that goes. You know, when I hear the teachings of Jesus and the things that He says about the kingdom of heaven, I realize that I'm supposed to start singing now, today. And, and, and those that we remember, these saints that have, have left us, I think they help us to sing a little bit louder and a little bit more boldly and confidently and confidently. We wonder what happens on the other side of this place, and I know that someday I'll I'll be joining them. I'll be in the choir with them, singing with them, those who have have followed Jesus and who have let their kingdoms go so that his kingdom can come. And John says, for this reason, they're before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Let us pray. Bless us, O Lord, this day with vision, May this place be a sacred place, a telling place, where heaven and earth meet. Amen.